0: Um, in the beginning phase of uh, doing a series uh, simply called taking it to the next level and this is part two of, uh, of that series. Last week I, I did what was commonly referred to as part one. Um, so if, if you missed last week, uh, just encourage you to hit uh, our iTunes site. You can uh, listen to the message there. I believe that you'll uh, get a great deal out of it. Um, and that will bless your life. But it's also something that we're going to go on a journey of and, uh, and building this theme that I believe God's laid on my heart for us as a church. And it's all centering around taking it to the next level. So this morning, I'm just going to continue on with that theme this morning, taking it to the next level. Uh, yesterday, um, I'm going to continue on with a bit of a running theme this morning. Um, last week, I talked a lot about running and uh, you'll listen to the message about that and you'll get a a great picture of what I was talking about. But uh, yesterday I I posted my fastest time for the last four park runs that I've done. So uh, I uh, was pretty happy with that. I did a time of 25 minutes 59 seconds for five kilometres. So uh, I was happy with that. But here's the downside. That is three minutes, 19 seconds slower than my personal best of 22 minutes, 40 seconds. And if I am serious about setting a new personal best for the park run, doing that five kilometers, then I've got to take my running to the next level and challenge boundaries and challenge the status quo in my running. Can I say this morning that our walk with God and the life of this church and our relationships with each other are far more important than a new personal best at the park run. And if we are serious about God and serious about going deeper in our relationships with God, with each other and uh, through fellowship and also about reaching our community, then we've got to take things to the next level, challenge ourselves as a church and challenge the status quo in our own personal walks with Christ. If we are serious about doing that, we've got to do this. We've we've got to get serious about our relationship with God. We've got to get serious about our relationships to the character and nature of Jesus by becoming more like him in discipleship. We've got to get serious about our relationships with others through fellowship, taking our relationships to a whole new level. We've got to do this. God created something so special that he promised that if we will become a part of it, then we will never struggle with loneliness again and we'll overcome fatigue, fear, frustration and failure. And what God has created is this whole concept of relationship. God's created relationship. Relationships are crucial to life. God wants a relationship with us and we need a relationship with him. We don't get to heaven by doing good works, but through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't gain access to heaven by what we know, but by who we know. Encountering God through relationship goes to a whole new level uh, when we uh, are doing it with others. Encouraging each other in fellowship makes us stronger and more effective through relationships. Embracing our shape through serving gets easier and more sustainable through relationships. Being equipped through discipleship takes our faith to a whole new level when we do it with others. Engaging our community becomes much more fun and engaging and and encouraging when we do it with others. We need each other to be all that we can be and all that God has, has intended for our lives. We need each other. I I want you to turn to the people around about you and I want to ask you to tell three people, I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. Romans 12 verse 5 says this. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. There's no way that we can be or do all God wants us to be by ourselves. We have to do it in relationship with other people. Jesus never sent his disciples out on their own. He always, he always sent them out in pairs or in a group. To do what he'd called them to do. And he did that because he he wants to, to set an example of how we are to live life as well. We were never designed to go out and to do ministry on our own. We need people around about us to do that. We need to live life with people in our lives as well. We need people in our lives. So this morning, it's my intention to give us five reasons why God says that we need others in our lives and why we need to connect to a connect group why we need a small group of people in our lives you ready for this how about this side you ready for this okay just checking cool, just checking so number one we need others to walk with us you're going to find this is very easy because the main point of these is we're going to start with a w the first one's a walk we need others to walk with us okay this means that I need you to help me grow spiritually. Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 to 7 says, Just as you receive Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Now here's the deal. Last week I was talking about running and that was a bit fast for some of you, so I'm going to talk a bit about walking today. Okay, I just wanted to slow the pace down a little bit, okay, because I know that some of us, You know, like think about running and we just break out into a cold sweat, all right? So that's usually me. I think about work and I break out into a cold sweat, okay? So I thought I'd just slow the pace down and we just talk a little bit about walking. See, the Bible compares life to a walk. Did you know that it talks about running, but it also talks about walking? Because you can't run before you can walk, generally. So the Bible compares life to a walk. We're told to walk in wisdom. We're told to walk in love. To, we're told to walk in the light. Okay, Why? Because we're on a journey. God tells us to walk in relationship. We were never meant to walk through life alone. And this has nothing to do with being single or married. There are married couples in churches who are desperately lonely. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with us opening up our lives, like Mel did this morning with her testimony, becoming vulnerable before people and just being real, being authentic, taking the masks off and being real before people. We need that in church. We need that in our lives. We need that because it models something that God intended us to be, and that's to be real. Some say to me, Pastor Gary, what's wrong with walking alone? I prefer it. I uh, go at my own pace and I don't have to wait for anybody. Well, let me give you three benefits of walking with others. Number one, it's safer. Okay? It's less risky. Have you ever walked through a dark alley at night and all you keep doing is hearing every sound and you look behind you, you're sure that the shadows are chasing you. Well, walking with someone else, it's safer to do that i've been in some scary situations that uh i was glad that i had my partner as a, a police officer there with me at that time you know it's scary sometimes when you're on your own you need other people around about you proverbs 11 14 says in a multitude of counselors there is safety okay second benefit of, of walking with others is it's supportive <clears throat> When we're walking with others, we get the energy to keep going. When we want to quit, have you ever been running and you get a stitch? And, oh, he's going to bang on about running again. Here he goes. Have you ever, you ever been uh, like running? Some of you have to imagine this. Uh, so, there's this. You get a stitch. I oh, love yous. Come on. You get a stitch as you're running, okay? And you just want to give up, but the others around about you. They say, Come on, Gary, you can do it. At the park run, you can tell when a, park, a person's got a stitch, they go, <gasps> You know, and you can see they're getting there, trying to stretch out their, their diaphragm to try and get some air into the line. That's generally me every week, but uh, it's, they've got this massive stitch, and people around about you, they say, Come on, Gary, you can do it. You can keep going. It's supportive. You need people to support you. It's not only safer, but you have a support network around you. And the third thing is, the third benefit of walking with others is, it's just smarter. It's just a smart thing to do. It's just a savvy thing to do. You know, It's just smarter to go through life with a few really close, deep friends. We learn more about walking with others than we do when we're walking by our own, on our own, own self. When we're walking alone, on our own. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says, Only fools trust in what they alone think. I love the Bible. It just, it's up, up close and personal, isn't it? One of the, the important things in, in life is learning how to get along with others. How to get along with someone else. If we go through life isolated, then we will miss one of the greatest lessons in life. And that's how to like someone you don't like. Chew, salah. Ponder, think. Meditate. Genesis 2 verse 18 says, It is not good for man to be alone. The first thing that God said to Adam when he would made this, this perfect environment in the Garden of Eden was, It is not good for man to be alone. So what's the antidote? Well, he created in that moment two groups. A physical family, one we grow up in, and a spiritual family, the one that we will spend eternity with. Our physical family eventually moves apart and it will die. But our spiritual family is eternal and God wants us to be connected to His family, the body of Christ, the church. Hebrews 10.25 says, let's not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let's encourage one another. He says, we've been created to be in relationship, encouraging each other by meeting together at Infused Church and in our Connect groups. See, this is relationship is God's answer to loneliness. We we should never be lonely in in a church family or in a Connect group. We should open up our lives, open up our hearts to the wonderful thing called relationship with the people around about us. The Bible says we've got to have others in our lives as we are walking through life. Why? Because life is about relationships and not resumes of our achievements in life. It's not about all that you've done, but it's about the people that you're going to live with for eternity. It's about opening up our lives, opening up our our thought process, opening up the way that we think so that we can walk through life with people. Matthew three seventeen says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son. There's a relationship. Jesus, the father is talking about his relationship. God created a community right at the very beginning. There was a community, the father, son and Holy Spirit at creation itself. God is love and he wants us to learn to love him and to learn others. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 and then verses 30 to 31 says this. When you gather each each one of you, be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight, take your turn with no one person taking over. That way you will learn from each other. To be a healthy believer, we need a larger group worship encounter and a small group fellowship. It's all in the Bible. I even referred to it this morning. That In Acts chapter 2, it talks about that they met in the temple courts and they went from home to home. There is an area where we've got to understand that God expects us to come to a larger corporate church gathering, a family gathering, but also to be intimately involved with people in a small group. And I know that I'm preaching to the converted this morning because you're here. But my next challenge is, are you in a connect group? And if you're not, I can point you to some. And if you want to start one, come and talk to me. We will provide training. We will provide the the resources. uh, We'll borrow your neighbor's house. What I'm asking us here at Infused Church is this, that we make a commitment to come out on a Sunday morning to a Sunday worship service, but also to make an investment in your own life and the lives of others by connecting into a connect group. If we miss a Sunday service or a connect group, can I tell you, you're only getting half the benefit of this church. If you choose one or the other, you're only getting the benefit of one Half the, half the church. Ephesians 4.16 says, As each part does its work, it helps the other parts to grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. My prayer is for us that we are healthy and growing and full of love. There's only one way that we can do that, and that's by walking through life with others. We can't learn about relationships without being in a relationship. To build relationships, we need to invest in a connect group. We need to invest in the people around about us. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Open your homes to each other without complaining. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Don't let a complaint, or, or another word for complaint is an excuse. Don't let an excuse stop us from the blessing of opening our homes to others. One of the things that me and Jane are going to be working on in this year is opening our home to others. We want others in and around our home. That's why on Friday night, I'm getting all the guys together, we are going to have a laugh, okay? An absolute ball because I don't know if you've never played Kelly Pool before, but if you're a man, you're going to find out on Friday night if you come. It is good fun. It is really good fun. And if I lose, I'm kicking you all out. Not really, no, no, no. Don't forget that the cost of entry is a smile and some nibbles, all right? If you come with half, we'll keep the nibbles, but kick you out, all right? Not really. <laughs> so Matthew 18 says, this is the benefit when we actually get together like, and we're investing in relationships. See, if you're on your own, I don't know how this, this scripture pans out, but this is the, like the, uh, the challenge or the tension of the Bible it says that um, God's never leaves us or forsakes us, but then He says there, where two or more are gathered in My name, I'm there in the midst of them. So is He not there when I'm on my own? And these are the, like the mental gymnastics that my brain goes through. Like it's just this tension in Scripture, you know. And, and I don't know whether you guys do this. Half of you are looking at me you're like what? Um, but there's this thing. Like, one of the incredible benefits of gathering together with other people. God's there. He's celebrating. Uh, you know, it's just, just an amazing place. So, relationships is God's answer to loneliness. Number two, we need others to work with us. Not only do we need them to walk with us, we need them to work with us. God puts us on earth to do a certain work that only we can do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 God made us to do good works, which He planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Before we were born, God chose talents and abilities. For our lives, time we use them to help someone it 's called ministry it 's called our service, what we are doing to serve other people. When we use our gifts and what God has, has wired into us to help others that 's our good works. Life is a practice for eternity. We may live for uh, about a hundred years on earth, but we get to live trillions in heaven. In heaven, everyone will work, but we are not going to be overworked because everyone chips in. Everyone's doing a part of that. What happens here on earth though is that we become worn out and exhausted. Why? Because we're trying to do it all by ourselves, or some of us are content to let everyone else do the work for us. But that would be for the other church down the road, not here. Okay, so just wanted to like include all of you here today. So that's cool. <clears throat> we need to be in relationship with others who help us. We are supposed to work together. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two people are better than one they get more done by working together more gets done as a team than as an individual God has called infused church to serve it's what we do everyone has a part to play snowflakes are frail things on their own but they can actually stop traffic and bring cities to their knees when they gather together and work in harmony with each other. Relationship is God's answer to fatigue. It's because we're all chipping in together to do what we do. It's why at, at, at Infused Church, our at, at team nights are so important. Because they encourage us and equip us to work together. Can I encourage you that if you're a volunteer here, then please come out to our... our um, see Team Nights. Yeah. Come out to our IC Team Nights. You're going to hear about some things. The, uh, uh, at our next one, there's some specific questions I want to ask because I need your wisdom to be able to plot a course forward for some things that we need to do as a church. See, one of the questions I'm going to be asking at the IC Team Night that I want us to work in groups on is this. Why do we exist as a church? If you want to help us discover the answer to that, come out on the IC team night. If you were the pastor of a church and you were thinking about partnership, we have a membership as a church. What, as the pastor of the church, could you say to the membership, this is what I'm going to provide, this is what I'm going to give. But then, what would you ask your membership for? Because at the moment, our membership talks all about us as a leadership and as a church providing things for you, but there is nothing that we ask of our membership, and that's a cop-out. It's something that gets off cheap. I believe that as a membership, or if we're in partnership with people, there comes a responsibility that says, I'm willing to invest my time, my talent, and my treasure, and this is what I want to do. This is what we're going to... Talk about, maybe at our IC team night The first question, definitely second one, I'm just mulling over I'm not sure that I want to say that to to people in our church yet (laughs) So we need to work together Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says Every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all Starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith What's the community of faith? Have a look baby here we are, the community of faith. Not just our church, by the way. It's the body of Christ. You, if, if you know me, I'm not an ACC person. In per I love our denomination. I think there's some great benefits for us. But there are some incredible benefits of being part of the body of Christ too. We get to support and, and champion some other incredible ministries that are run by churches in our, in our local area. And I love that. I really do. That's what that community of faith is thirdly we need to watch out people need to help us to watch out for our lives as well we need help in that area so not only do we need people walking with us not only do we need people working for us but we also need people to watch out for us in life as well i'm talking about the people that defend protect and stand up for us they've got our back baby they help us to stay on track and to, they watch our back because we all have blind spots. Okay? Philippians 2 verse 4 says, Look out for one another's interests, not just your own. Have you ever seen those neighborhood watch signs? It's a sign of relationship. It is a sign of rela- safe schools area. It, it, these are signs of relationship. It's a, it's a, a family that says, I'm going to watch out for those people at their homes in my street. It's a school or a safe school area that says, you know, I'm in relationship with that school. and I'm going to partner together with them to do the different things that we need to do. It's a sign of relationship. We recently went on holidays, as many of you may have seen on Facebook. We told our neighbours and asked them to look after some of our plants in our garden. It was good to have our stuff watched over and cared for. It really was. Our daughters, our families helped us out with those things as well. But my question isn't, is someone watching out for our stuff? It's this, is anyone watching out for our soul? Is anyone watching out for my spiritual welfare? That's why we need people to help us watch out for our lives. Is there anybody in my life who helps me to stay on track spiritually? Anyone who loves me enough that says, I'm not going to let you get discouraged. I'm not going to let you drop out. I'm not going to let you get tired. I am here for you. We all have blind spots. We would never know that our brake light wasn't working unless someone was watching out for us and said, your brake light's busted. We should care about each other. We're family for goodness sakes. We are God's family. Uh, If you can't get along with people here for the next so many years, how are you going to go in eternity? Because I've got a sneaky suspicion God's got this really strange sense of humor. Humor. The, the people that you can't get along with here It's very likely he's going to build their house next door to yours <laughs> You don't think God's got a sense of humour? Have a check out a giraffe I mean like who on earth makes a giraffe like, looks like that? Who makes elephants like that? God's got a sense of humour church I love meerkats Who thought a, That's a sense of humour Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 says, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should be. It says to keep being concerned. In a war, everyone has to take time on sentry duty. While everyone else is sleeping, someone stays awake to make sure that the enemy doesn't come in and crush us. My brother was in the army. They went on an outback exercise together. They had someone whose uh, duty it was to be sentry for that particular evening. And they were doing these exercises in conjunction with the Special Air Service, the SAS, the elite soldiers that we have in Australia. My brother tells me that whilst he was asleep, someone's crawled into his, his, his tent area there. They've woken him up, hung this sign over his head that just simply says, you're dead because someone fell asleep on sentry duty. The SAS crawled in and wiped out his entire platoon because someone fell asleep when it was their job to watch out for the others. We need to be looking out for each other. We've got to, be, we've got to take our point on sentry duty. We've got to have this, this mentality that says, the enemy's not going to get to you because they've got to come through me first. I'm going to sound the alarm. I'm going to sing out to God first. I'm going to cry out in prayer for you first. I'm going to make sure that you know that I've missed you at church on Sunday. I'm going to make sure that you know that I missed you in our connect group during the week. People are going to know because I've got your back. Is that fair? Satan is our personal enemy. He hates us and wants to defeat us. He wants us... To be messed up, to bring problems and ruin in our relationships. And many Christians live in defeat. Why? Because they try to defeat the enemy on their own. We were never gonna win against the devil on our own. Ecclesiastes four twelve says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even more for, even better for a triple cord, braided cord is not easily broken. That's why we need our connect groups. That's why we need to be here on a Sunday. It's why we need the teams that we have as a part of this church. That's why you need a godly friend. That's why you need someone that can say to you, "Hey, I'm just thinking about you. Did you want to catch up for a coffee?" And when you catch up for a coffee, just don't you know like flatter each other with how well you look and how wonderful you are and those things are really nice, but ask the good question, "How are you doing? How are you really doing?" how's your your walk with God you you ask any of our leaders one of the first questions I'll ask them is how's your relationship how are you and God doing how are you and God doing I need a friend like that I need a friend like that you need a friend like that are we willing to invest in a connect group that's got our back and covered and says we're there for you in the tough times we're not going to let you get discouraged or depressed we're going to be there for you We need those people in our lives. Going it alone paints a big bullseye on our backs for Satan. He says, there's a loner. They're not connected. They're not in relationship with anyone. See, relationships are God's answers to defeat. Here's my question. Who's got your back? Whose back have you got? Have you got those relationships? Number four. We need others to wait with us and to weep with us. We need others to wait with us and we need others to weep with us. We need people with us in the inevitable crisis of life when the tragedies hit so that we don't face them alone. There are situations nobody should ever have to go through alone. No one should ever have to wait alone in a hospital while their loved one is fighting for life. No woman should ever have to wait alone for a lab report back on a problem pregnancy. No one should ever have to stand alone at an open grave. Some of these things may happen to us. They are inevitable. Loved ones will die. Tragedies do happen. Bad things do happen to good people. Who is there that will wait and weep? with us. Don't go through life unprepared for something that we know will have inevitably happen. We need to build a safety net of friends around about us. And we need to do it now. Don't wait for next week. Oh, look, you know, I, I, it's one of the things that's on my bucket list. I was going to do that, you know, like after I've done the skydiving thing. Well, I hope you didn't pack your, your skydiving parachute. Because you just might have needed a friend to check your parachute before you... Who jumps out of planes? Like, hello? What is it God's safety net? It's a group of five or six believers, maybe. A group of people committed to us and to whom we are committed. 1 Peter 3.8 says, you should be like one big family full of sympathy toward each other see when we're in hospital we don't want the whole church to visit us but it'd be nice if we had four or five people come around and say hello i was so pleased that we had dean go and visit nicholas in the hospital only this week when nicholas was pretty crook i don't know if you're aware of it but sinette she's pretty crook uh, jane and i have spent some time visiting her and i know that there have been others as well there's some people that need visitors. There's, if, you, if you have a heart to, to visit people, just to, to build relationship, come and talk to me because there's some people that well, I can put you in touch with and get you to visit with a couple of other people as well so that you don't do it alone. Because we don't do stuff alone. That's not the, our ethos. Everything we do here, we do in, in, in partnership. We do as a team, in teams of two or more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 says, If one member suffers, then all suffer together. In 2014, there was a Sydney woman who was dead for nearly eight years until someone noticed that she was missing. The Sydney Australian media dubbed her the woman Sydney forgot. For nearly eight years, Natalie Wood lay dead on the floor next to her, uh, her bed in her increasingly derelict home. In that time, not a single person missed her or thought to check on her. Her relatives didn't contact her. Her neighbours assumed that she'd moved in with family. Utility companies and the local council didn't notice anything amiss, even though her mail piled up by her front door. No one gave Natalie a second thought. And it was only in July 2011 a month before the former bride and department store machinist would have turned 87, that police pushed open the door of her house where she had lived for most of her life and discovered her skeletal remains in her upstairs bedroom. No one should die alone. We need people that can wait with us and can weep with us. God's, like, relationship is God's answer to despair. Romans 12 verse 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. We do that in our connect groups. Someone has a promotion or a graduation and we party, baby. We party. But then when there's someone who's doing it tough, we gather around and we weep. We wait and we weep. Lots of times in groups people don't know how to deal with tears. Here's a tip. A tear is always a a sign that it's time to stop and to pray. Someone starts crying, that's what we need to do. We need to stop what we're doing. Let's just, just spend a moment and let's just invest in this relationship and tell the person, I've seen that you're hurting right now. Let's just spend a moment and invite the presence of God into that moment and let's pray together. See, we don't have to fix everyone's problems in connect groups. When we're going through a crisis, we don't want advice sometimes. We just want to be with someone and know that they are sitting there with us. It's called the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. Sometimes just being there is all that someone needs. It's usually when we start giving advice that we get in trouble. That's when we open mouth, insert foot, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Encourage each other and strengthen one another. And our connect groups meet in a number of locations. I want to encourage you, make a choice today to join in, to join one, to commit to a group of people that we can journey through life with. Don't go through life alone. The last one, we need others to witness with us. We need others to witness with us. We have a life message that we need to share with our world. And God put us on the earth for a mission, but he never intended us for, for us to do that alone. We reveal God's love to our world best when we simply love the family of God. When, I, when, when the world can see that I get on well with the, the family of God, it's actually a sign to them that God's love is real. Have a look at John chapter 13, verse 35. Jesus says, Your love for one another. Not your love for God or for Jesus, but your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What impresses the community most is believers loving each other. They see our love. And I want us at Infused Church to be known for a place where people can be loved unconditionally and inclusively. Not about our sermons and our music, though those things are great, they are important, but they're not as important as just loving people in our community, loving people in our family. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong, and to love them and to enjoy being with them. This is a, like a... A challenge again, I guess, but here's a question. Is this a blind spot for you? Do people like being around you? Do people like being around you? Do you are you friendly? Are you nice? The Bible says if you want friends, be friendly. <laughs> Who'd have thought? That's, that's just massive wisdom in that right there, isn't it? But are you good fun to be around? Are you uplifting? Are you encouraging? You say, well, what about me? I don't feel like encouraging everybody every day. <laughs> How many friends have you got? <laughs> We've got a long way to go. You know, if we haven't got a lot of friends. Check out the mirror. Why haven't you got any friends? Are you friendly? See, relationship is God's answer to fear. Philippians one twenty seven says this, You are working together and struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. As I wrap this up, as the team comes back, we all need other believers to do this. To walk with us, to work with us, to watch over us, to wait and weep with us, and to witness with us. Of all the people God could have chosen to be an infused church at this time, he chose you. And why was that? Because he brought you here to encounter him, to be encouraged in fellowship, to be equipped to be like Jesus, to be encouraged in your ministry and to engage with your community. He called you to here to be involved and connected with others in relationship. That's why we need each other. I know that my message this morning has been a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's been pretty up in your face as well. And I thank God for it. Because sometimes we just need a good wake-up call. We just need to be aware of the status quo that we've allowed to happen in our lives and to challenge that status quo. We need to sometimes have someone who loves us enough, loves us enough to tell us the truth. It's the truth in love. I, I want to tell you, I've been in in people's face this morning, but at, at no point have I not spoken in love for you. Jane and I deeply care for every person in this church. Every person that we interact with and influence in our community. We have a love for people. So my message this morning has come from a place of love. And I pray that you've heard it. But I also pray that you've heard the challenge in amongst it as well. There are some wonderful people in this church. Incredible people. I'm looking at them all now. There are others who aren't able to be with us today. They're ministering elsewhere and they've got other things on. And that's fine. But we love you. And I've told you the truth this morning because we care. We care about this church enough to say that we've got to go to another level, take it to another level in our relationships. When was the last time you spoke to someone who wasn't in your group? When was the last time that you spoke to someone that didn't sit on your table out in the cafe? When was the last time you actually mixed it up and said, you know what, love you guys. Really enjoy sitting with you on a Sunday afternoon over my chips, but I'm taking my chips and I'm going to sit over there with that group of people over there because I don't know about them. And just maybe, just maybe, my best friend is in there, the person that I can trust with the intimate details of my life when I'm struggling with something, I can open up my heart to them. It's not that you couldn't do it with that group that you're sitting with, but God just does something supernatural and divinely in that moment. Can we stand? I've really sensed God ramp it up in the challenge to go deeper in our relationships through fellowship. And we are here to encourage one another in this thing called life. That's what fellowship's all about. It's where we are cheering those runners on that are running around about us and recognizing that we are in that race too and we need encouragement as well. As we encourage others, as we give to others, those who refresh others shall themselves be refreshed. Bible says that. You're looking for refreshing, go and help someone else. If you're looking for someone, some means of being refreshed, of being renewed in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, go and refresh someone else. But I'm too tired. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just going through a difficult time, but you need to invest in someone else. You need to sow some seed. Fair? That's just. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. And I pray, and I pray, and I pray. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I pray that this message doesn't have the enemy come and heap condemnation on people, but actually liberates people into a whole new level of relationship with each other, that we open up our hearts, we open up our lives, we open up our spirit to the people around about us. Sure, we may have been hurt in the past. Sure, we may have been damaged or betrayed or rejected by others in the past. But I pray that by the Spirit of God that you would connect us with people around about us that will build us, encourage us, wait with us, walk with us. They will weep with us. They will help us to witness. They'll do all that we need. They'll watch out for us, Lord. Help us in this time to do this. Father, open our eyes to those people around about us that we can do that with. Father, I pray in Jesus' name today. And where there are people that are struggling with loneliness and despair and fatigue, I ask you, Lord God, to help others to see that and to gather around that person and to become the arms and the heartbeat of Jesus to them, to bring freedom and liberty and to bring the very love of God that they need in this moment. And for that, I thank you. Just while everyone's heads bowed, every eye closed. I don't know everybody here this morning. I don't know where you stand in so far as eternity is concerned. But you made it into this service this morning. And you thought, mate, no one knows me here. No one knows my walk, my journey, the road that you've got me on. God does. And he brought you here today to hear about a people that are going on a journey of caring for one another. And you have been crying out for that today. And I pray that God speaks to you profoundly through that. Maybe, just maybe, this is the start of the rest of your life. In a relationship that will liberate you, it will free you up, it will restore you, it will brighten your day every day. Is there anyone here this morning? You don't know Christ, but this morning you feel like you need to give your life to Christ this morning. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, but this morning you want to do that. Is there anybody here you just feel like you need... To just say, yes, God, I want you in my life. Is there anybody here this morning? Just All I want to do is for you to put your hand up so that I know who I'm praying for this morning. So, Just as a sign to me and to heaven itself saying, I want Jesus in my life. And you've never prayed that before. Can you just put your hand up? And I'd love to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning? No one at all? Okay. God bless you. Let's have a song. Thanks, Hayley.